Hey friends, happy new year yet again, second weekend. My name is Clay Monkus. I'm the lead pastor here at Next Level Church. And even if we have never met, I want you to know that we are thrilled that you are joining us here today for a brand new series that is called He Gets Us. And I'm not sure if you've been watching a lot of football or sports this fall, but if you have, you might have seen some thought-provoking ads about Jesus, all of which are, are kind of pointing out the human side of Jesus and just how much he does understand what we are going through. It's called He Gets Us. So what I would like to do over the next four weeks is take some of those issues that the He Gets Us campaign has discovered through a lot of research and address those, uh, things like anxiety, uh, a need for second chances, heartbreak, or financial struggle. And it's interesting that Jesus had a lot to say on those very subjects. And you may think that uh, God may not be interested in what you're going through. I, I talk to a lot of people that think that. Or you may think that God is out to get you or punish you. But what we're going to unpack over the next four weeks will show that none of that is true. In fact, Jesus is actually for you and wants you to find a rich and satisfying life. So today, I want to talk about this word, Right here, anxiety, or you could also say worry, anxiety or worry. We all face it. We all experience it. We all get anxious when we fret over the future, and we get depressed when we kind of fret over what has happened in the past. But we all know that being anxious doesn't really help. The, the word worry in English comes from an Anglo-Saxon word that means to strangle. And we get that. That is exactly how it feels to be caught up in constant worry. It feels like something is choking the life right out of us. Now, Jesus, he never sinned, but he did get anxious, just like us. And he shows us a better way. And you might be thinking, what? Like, Jesus was anxious? Yeah, he was. One night, he experienced overwhelming stress because he knew he would soon be arrested, tortured, and then executed. And it created, as you can imagine, an unimaginable weight. And like many people do when stressed, Jesus escaped to a quiet place. It was a garden of, of old olive trees on the side of a mountain. And he brought a few friends for emotional support and prayer. And when he was overwhelmed, the text says, with exhaustion. His friends couldn't stay awake as he pleaded with God for another way. But he knew there was no way around the moment that was coming. He had to bear the cross. Jesus said that his soul was grieved to the point of death. That's how stressed he felt about it in the moment. And, and he reported uh, suffered a rare condition caused by an acute emotional stress where the sweat glands rupture, causing them to excrete blood. He was clearly challenged by what he was facing, even while knowing that his death would show his love and it would absolutely change the world. Now, I'm not sure any of us have experienced worry or anxiety at that level, but if there's one word that describes so many of your lives, that's it. It's worry. It's been said many times that we now live in what they call the age of anxiety. 
I can't think of a better description to describe this generation and this time that we live now. We're worried about every single possible scenario in our lives and in our world. We're concerned about everything. Uh, some of you know that you're worriers. You know and you worry about how much you worry. You know that this is a problem in your life. All of us as human beings wrestle with worry. Jesus knew this. And so he said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He says, This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? So in reading this, is Jesus saying that we should never be concerned about things like losing our job? Is Jesus saying that you should never be concerned about a relationship that's completely unraveling? Is Jesus saying don't be concerned with the fact that your kids feel like they're going off the deep end. No, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is you can be concerned, but don't worry about things that are completely out of your control. And he reminds us that there are some things more important. Isn't life more important than the fact that your car is broken down? Isn't life more important than the fact that you just lost your job? Isn't life more important than the fact that your kids didn't get into whatever school that you wanted to get into? Isn't life more important than whoever got elected? Isn't life more important than most of the things that we spend our lives worrying and fretting about? That's all he's saying here. He's just saying, hey, let's just pull back for a minute. And man, didn't we get an example of this on Monday night in Monday night football when the Bills player, DeMar Hamlin, he collapsed. If you didn't see it, he collapsed on the field. He suffered a fatal heart attack, but they were able to revive him. And the game that was so important, it was no longer important. Why? Because life matters more than a game. This is what Jesus is trying to say. So he goes on in verse 26. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries, I love this statement, add a single moment to your life? And the Greek word that runs all the way through here, the Greek word for worry is a word that means to be pulled apart. Isn't that how some of you feel right now? Like, like there's something inside of you that's just being pulled apart. Whether it's worry about your marriage or worry about your kids or worry about your career or about what you're going to do tomorrow or next week or in 10 weeks or in a year, whatever it is, the worry makes you feel like you're being pulled apart on the inside. And part of the reason is because of this right here. You were not made for worry. You were made for faith. God, in an incredible way, he created you. He created all of us for faith, not for fear. So when you worry, it impacts you. Not just mentally, it impacts you physically. Doctors now have proven people who worry tend to die earlier and younger. Why? Because we are made for faith, not to live lives of worry. So Jesus goes on, verse 28. And why worry about your clothing? Look at all the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? 
Look at that. Why, why do you have so little faith? Do you see what he did? Jesus always has this ability to put his finger right on the problem. And he identifies the problem right here. The problem is not that you have problems. The problem is a lack of faith. At the end of the day, our worry comes from this idea that we're afraid somehow God is not going to take care of us. And again, Jesus isn't saying that you shouldn't be concerned about money or you shouldn't be concerned about your marriage or your future or your education. He's just saying that the reason you spend so much of your life worrying, the reason you spend so much of your life in anxiety and fretting is not because you have a worry problem. He says it's because you have a faith problem. And the problem is your mind is always going to magnify something. Another word we could use for magnify here is worship. And that sounds probably a little spiritual. And so I'll just use the word magnify. Your mind and your heart are always going to magnify. They've been designed to do that. You're either going to magnify your crisis or your situation and minimize God, or you're going to magnify God and you're going to minimize the problem. You can't do both at the same time. And this is what Jesus is getting to. The issue is you're magnifying your problem and you're minimizing the role that God plays in your life. Then he goes on, verse 31. So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Don't you love that last sentence? I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So he ends by saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on this moment. Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about tomorrow. I want you to be present in this very moment. Now, let's talk about worry for just a second. I, I want to give you five steps to help you overcome worry, and I hope you find these helpful and, and sometimes it's just kind of helpful to think through uh, some of these steps that are here. If you want to deal with worry, first thing to do, you've got to give up control. You've got to give up control. You ever wonder where worry comes from? I, I think what most of you would say if we were to sit down and I said to you while we were sitting down, hey, where do you think worry comes from? You know what I think you would probably say? You'd probably say, well, it comes from this problem. It comes from my kids. It comes uh, from my job. It comes from worry about what I'm going, who I'm going to marry, and what I'm going to do. You think that worry comes from your problems. What you think is if all of your problems went away, you wouldn't worry anymore. But I'm telling you, you don't worry because you have problems. In fact, you worry because you think you control those problems, right? That's why you worry. Worry is not the result of a problem. Worry is the result of thinking you can control the problem. The process of being freed up from worry and anxiety, it starts with acknowledging this very thing. I am not in control. There's a phrase that I like to say, and it's, there's a God and he's not me. I remind myself about this maybe even a dozen times a day. There is a God and he's not me. It's this acknowledgement that you're not the general manager of the universe. You're not in control. Can you control the economy? No, you can't. You can earn, you can invest, 
You can say, but at the end of the day, you do not control the economy. Can you control whether or not your date that's coming up on this Friday is a total loser? No, you can't control that. Can you control your kids? No. Can you control your job? No. Can you control your spouse? All right, might be a little bit of ambiguity on that one, but the correct answer would be no. No, you cannot control your spouse. You can pray for your spouse, you can love your spouse, but you cannot control your spouse. You don't have control. Second thing, take your worries to God. Take your worries to God. This is important because as a general rule, you can't get rid of worry by telling yourself, I should just worry less. It doesn't work that way. Uh, you cannot get rid of it just by saying, you know what, I am not going to worry anymore. I'm just going to worry less. The, but the Bible does talk about an unbelievable connection between worry and prayer. In fact, Peter tells us this in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says, give all of your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares for you. Give all your worries to him because he cares for you. As a kid, I memorized that verse in, in a different translation. The translation said, cast all your anxieties upon him. I always liked that because Peter was a fisherman and I always had this thought like the motion of casting, right, is like this, just, just casting. And, and I'm going to cast all my anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for me. All of it. Whatever situation is stressing you out, whether it's financial, relational, whether it's a job, what, we're going to, what, you know, what, what are we going to do next week, what are we going to do next year, I, I'm going to take that worry and I'm going to take that burden, whatever is bothering me, and I'm going to cast it. I'm going to cast it on him. And the best way to learn not to worry about anything is to pray about everything. Listen, praying doesn't mean that you never feel worried. I think that's a huge misconception. The idea here is anytime you feel a twinge of anxiety, anytime you feel just a twinge of concern or worry, you take it. And you take it directly to God. Like, I'm, I'm going to tell him about it. It's not your job to make the anxious feelings go away. That's not your job. Your job is what? Cast all your anxiety on him. Take your concern to him. It's not your job to make the anxious feelings go away. Maybe they go away. Maybe they don't go away. But guess what? Back to step number one. You don't have any control over that. So you can't beat yourself up about that. Your job if you have worry, is to take it directly to God. Third thing you can do, listen and respond. Listen and respond. So you cast all your anxiety on him, whatever it is you're worried about, but then you're going to follow it up by saying, hey, God, I know I'm not in control. You are in control. But if there's any action that needs to be taken, I want to take that action. So show me, guide me. If there's something to do and God says do it, then stop wrestling in your mind. Just start doing what God has said you need to do. There's something about us. We'll often spend 20, 30, 50, 100, 1,000 times more energy and time worrying about something that we can't even control than taking any kind of corrective positive steps towards doing something about it. Some of you have been listening for a long time, but now... It's time to respond. You've been just caught up in anxiety and worry, but God wants you to take some action. Don't spend your life paralyzed by the fear of messing up. 
you're going to begin to understand that the cost of missing out is often greater than the cost of messing up. Point four, never worry alone. Never worry alone. I think worries and anxious thoughts reproduce faster than rabbits. I mean, for me, I think one little worry and then it starts spinning out of control. I start thinking about uh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And, and before long, I'm worried about the sun blowing up and all life on earth ending. That's why I think it's important that you never worry alone. And this is why I love life groups here at Next Level. It gives you a group of people to say, hey, I'm kind of concerned about this. Would you help bring some perspective to this? And here's the key. you got to surround yourself with a good inner circle of people, a good inner core. Why? Well, because peace and fear are both contagious. Peace and fear are both contagious. Right? If you surround yourself with fearful people, if you surround yourself with people who worry all the time, guess what? It's contagious. You're going to live in fear, and you're going to have a lot of worry. But if you surround yourself with people who have a peace in the midst of difficult circumstances, when you bounce your worry off of them, they're going to bring some peace to you in your life. They're, they're going to give you some perspective to say, hey, let's pull back, let's pull back, let's look at this from a different angle. So when it comes to your inner core, those closest to you, you better use wisdom around who you bring in because both peace and fear are contagious. Fifth, last step I want to give you. Focus on the care and the love of God. There is nothing more important I can say than that. Focus on the care and the love of God. Jesus wants us to stop obsessing about the future and trust that he holds the future. When you seek God's kingdom over your kingdom, when you seek God's kingdom in your present moment, somehow what happens is he redeems that past that you are so worried about, no matter how unchangeable it might seem. And at the same exact time, he also prepares you for the future, no matter how unpredictable that might be. And I don't know how it happens. I don't even know what that looks like for you exactly. I just know what he's called me to do is trust him, to seek his kingdom above my own kingdom. And when I do that, everything else just falls into place. It really does come down to, am I going to trust the love and the care of my father, God? I, and I don't, don't want to make light of the fact that right now, there might be many of you who are facing some really important decisions. There are many of you who are absolutely overwhelmed by worry. Maybe your worry is around a relationship that's kind of spinning out of control. And you, you'd do anything just to have your husband or have your wife love you like he or she used to. You're worried about the future of your relationship. Some of you, maybe you've got kids that are making horrible, horrible decisions. And it just worries you. you. You keep thinking, like, what's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to them? Maybe you're here today and you're worried about finances. And you don't have a clue of how you're going to pay you know, next month's bills. And I don't know how we're going to be able to handle all this. That is a lot of worry. I don't want to minimize that. That's a lot of anxiety. And it seems kind of crazy that Jesus would come along and he would say something that almost sounds kind of 
insensitive when he says, hey, don't worry. Like, why would he say that? Because he knows you have a God that's got your back. You've got a God who loves and cares about you. So maybe today you need to reflect on whatever you're scared about, whatever it is that might happen tomorrow or next week, maybe today you just start by in your heart saying, I don't have control. I get it. I can't see over the fence into tomorrow. I never have and I never will. And if worry is plaguing you, let's take that step together and let's pray about it. You join me in this. And while you're praying, maybe your prayer right now is just, God, you're God and I'm not. I give up my illusion control. Uh, maybe for you it's, God, I want to cast my worry to you. Here it is. Here's the relationship that I'm concerned about. Here's the financial situation that I'm concerned about. Here's the future job that I'm concerned about. And God, I get that I'm not in control, so I'm going to do what I can, which is cast that anxiety on you. I'm going to give it to you because, God, I believe that ultimately you're the only one that can do anything about this. And if, God, there's some sort of step that I need to take, some sort of action that needs to be done, I pray that you would just give me the courage to trust you. And, Father, I pray that you would just give us a few minutes to focus on your care and your love, that you would give us and fill us with the peace that surpasses all understanding, and it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Well, hey, friends, thanks for joining us today. If you think today's message might be valuable to someone you know, would you mind sharing this video? Not only could it be helpful for them, but by sharing this content as well as liking and subscribing to this channel, you're helping us accomplish our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus. And along those lines, as I say each and every week, and I also ask you, to head over to our website at nextlevelchurch.org. There's a big green give button. If you would click that green button that's there, choose one of the giving options. Uh, your faithful support helps us raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Now, by way of benediction, let me read to you again uh, that passage from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, where he says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. May you cast your worries on God, and as you do, may you truly know that he cares about you, all of you. Hey, guys, have a blessed week. Uh, we'll see you back next, uh, next week. Hopefully, we'll see you in person, and we're going to continue in this series, He Gets Us. Love you.